With your latest news, I'm April Cummings. Just in time for the Heroes Day weekend, two new COVID-19 regulations and a notice to extend current inter-island travel and boating regulations are gazetted. Radio Cayman's Dion Anglin has more. The 500-person limit on public gathering will be increased to 1,000 for outdoor events, but remain limited to 500 for indoor events. Where a venue hosts simultaneous, separate, and unrelated indoor and outdoor gatherings, the total number permitted to gather there is a maximum of 1,500 people, with a breakdown as 1,000 maximum gathering outdoors and 500 maximum gathering indoors. Additionally, processions and parades involving a uniformed service or a youth organization will be permitted, specifically defined as a naval force, including Coast Guard, a regiment, police force, fire service, and prison service. A youth organization is specified as the Cayman Islands Scout Association, Girls Brigade Cayman Islands, Cayman Islands Cadet Corps, Girl Guiding Cayman Islands, and Cayman Islands Conference of Seven-Day Adventist Pathfinders. Other COVID-19 prevention protocols in the previous regulations are still in force. A ban on visiting or having contact with anyone in quarantine, mandatory testing before visiting a residential care home or prison, wearing masks when using public transportation, and a prohibition on businesses allowing hookers, shishas, or water pipes. The restrictions on rental of certain scuba and snorkeling equipment is still in effect. For details, visit exploregov.ky forward slash coronavirus at policies and action. Public transport operators are again reminded that anyone traveling in a taxi or omnibus should be wearing a mask when inside the vehicles, including the drivers. Reporting for Radio Cayman News. I'm Dion Anglin. The government has also decided to extend current boating regulations as well as around island and inter-island travel by boat and air. The rules were set to expire at the end of this month. They'll now be extended to April 15th. You can find the specifics at gazettes.gov.ky or check out exploregov.ky forward slash coronavirus. The National Hazard Management Executive of the Cayman Islands gets a familiarization briefing from the Caribbean Disaster Emergency Management Agency, outlining next steps for how Cayman can take advantage of its membership. Home Affairs Minister, the Honorable Tara Rivers. Last year's highly active hurricane season, the 7.7 magnitude earthquake and the global pandemic are all reminders that we share many of the same challenges with our neighbors in the region. Membership with Sedema forms an important part of the national resilience and response plans for the Cayman Islands, enabling us to benefit from the collective knowledge and experience of our regional partners. We look forward to continuing to work with Sedema in order to enhance our island's readiness and response mechanisms for all hazards now and into the 2021 hurricane season. The session was an opportunity for Cayman's leaders to hear findings and recommendations from a comprehensive disaster management audit of the Cayman Islands conducted by Sedema. Now an update on government's progress on creating a purpose-built facility for residents with mental illness. CIDTV's Donna Bush has more. Construction of the long-term residential mental health facility in East End is moving along after delays because of the COVID-19 pandemic last year. Workers are busy building the cafeteria, sundry and workshops, the administration building and nine cottages. Minister for Health, the Honorable Dwayne Seymour says he's happy the project is now back on track. I'm very pleased uh, with the progress and uh, very encouraged um, that this uh, project will be completed um, very soon. Uh, Had COVID come, the project may have been finished already, Um, but we're just thankful that we progressed this far 
and uh, hopefully we can do a soft opening even before the election. But um, uh, in speaking to, to the project manager and um, the Phoenix crew, they're quite uh, confident that they've that they're making progress and can finish this in a short time. Minister Seymour says the mission behind the long-term residential mental health facility is to ensure access to quality, affordable health care, as well as to build stronger communities and support the most vulnerable in our society. That is CIGTV's Donna Bush. The Minister of Planning and Infrastructure hits the streets to meet up with the participants in the National Community Enhancement Project. Seeing the quality of their work, to me it is clear that many of the NICE workers take pride in ensuring that the community can enjoy well-maintained roadsides, parks, cemeteries and beaches. The Honorable Joseph Hugh visited two areas of Georgetown, Windsor Park and the boardwalk on South Sound Road, thanking workers for a job well done. Mr. Hugh tells Radio Command that each year the ministry has tried moving things forward with the help and support of partners, including Work, Department of Environmental Health, the National Roads Authority, Mosquito Research and Control Unit and Public Works. We hope to expand NICE in the future by working in partnership with other agencies for longer periods of time and using it as a hybrid work initiative, including elements of a second chance, rehabilitation, and or on-the-job training. This month's two-week NICE initiative ends on Friday. The Department of Environment has issued a shark feeding advisory following reports of an increase in shark sightings at the sandbar. Radio Cayman's Shanda Gallego explains. The DOE says sharks are an important part of our oceans and play a key role in keeping our marine ecosystem balanced and healthy. While sharks generally actively avoid areas of high human traffic, the DOE says activities like fish and ray feeding can make them curious and more likely to investigate areas they would normally avoid, particularly given the lower than usual number of boats and visitors to the sandbar at this time. In order to reduce the likelihood of sharks learning to associate the presence of people with food and become regular visitors to the sandbar, the DOE has issued a feeding advisory. They say do not attempt to attract or feed sharks if they are present at the sandbar, as under the national conservation law, it is illegal to feed or attract sharks with bait anywhere in Cayman waters. If sharks are at the sandbar or stingray city, do not feed stingrays and do not place or get rid of any fish or other potential food items in the water. The DOE advises do not feed rays at the sandbar or stingray city with fish that might have high oil content or are blood-rich, such as fresh tuna or mackerel. Oily and blood-rich fish are more likely to attract sharks as the stronger scent is able to travel further, encompassing a wider area. To avoid attracting unwanted shark curiosity, only use DOE-recommended food for rays, including squid and non-oily fish. Only feed the rays directly with small items of food that can be ingested immediately. Large food items, fish heads, and whole carcasses should be avoided. Another thing, the DOE says do not clean fish at the sandbar or at the Stingray City dive site. Sharks will likely be attracted by fish carcasses and blood. The DOE says if sharks are observed entering the sandbar or Stingray City areas while stingrays are being fed, do not panic. Immediately stop feeding the stingrays. Put the ray food back in the boat and calmly exit the water. This is to reduce the chance of the sharks associating the food with people and becoming accustomed to looking to people for handouts. Shanda Gallego, Radio Cayman News. 
If you see a shark at the Sandbar or Stingray City, call DOE. You can email them at doe.gov.ky. You can put a report online at sharkconservationcayman.com forward slash report a shark or call 949-8469. A research officer at the Department of Environment says poaching even one turtle can have a severe impact on efforts to preserve the species. Each turtle um, from birth does not become mature enough to reproduce for 20 years. With each turtle laying an average of seven of our nests, poaching decreases those numbers and um, and actually puts a lot more pressure on the turtle, the grand scheme of the turtle population because um, each nest has a, an average of about 125 eggs per turtle. Um, six to eight nests per turtle, you're looking at a thousand eggs. So you are actually removing a potentially 1,000 eggs out of that whole system by poaching one turtle. Paul Chin is a research officer at DOE. He says even with record nesting numbers for 2020, 506 in Grand Cayman and 51 in the Brac, the odds of survival for the hatchlings once they reached the ocean is very low. A bit of good news though, DOE notes there was not a lot of poaching in 2020. Tonight we meet another of this year's Proud of Them honorees, John Gray High School Student of the Year, Shadeen Brooks, recognized for achievement in academics and community service. I hope to be inspiration for others, that they can see that um, if they put in the effort, also they can um, see all their effort um, rewarded. You can see Ms. Brooks' story on the Cayman Islands Youth Services YouTube page. That is your latest local news from Radio Cayman's newsroom. I'm April Cummings. With a look at Radio Cayman's local sports, I'm Dion Anglin. Organizers say the twilight meet was a bit of a disappointment. Nothing to do with the athletes, but the cold, rainy, windy weather did play a part. The twilight meet was a little bit disappointed because of the inclement weather. It rained and drizzled most of the time. And so what we did was to reschedule the field event until Saturday of this week and go along with the track event. Because of the windy condition, because I was doing the wind gate, the wind was up to plus 3.3 something. Therefore, there was nobody, even if they were running fast, it would be an illegal wind. Nobody got any chance to run some decent time because of the wind. But we saw some good performance from some of the kids. Meet organizer coach Kenrick Williams says several athletes, despite the weather, still showed up to compete. There was young Williams from Mustang Trail Club who ran the under 20 boys 100 meter. He looked pretty sharp out there running. And then you have in the under 10, you have Oshani Johnson. He was looking really good, winning his 80 meters by about five meters. But apart from that, the meet was really low key, but it's a start there. We were hoping that the, the Wednesday meet during the week meet would garner more kids out since they would be in school and the parent would pick them up just right after the meet. And the meet wasn't long. It was just a two-hour meet we had. It was less than two hours because we started at 5.30 and by the time 7 o'clock we were on our last event. Up next, the postponed field events from the Twilight Meet will continue this Saturday at the Truman Bodden Sports Complex with the addition of pole vault added to the schedule. Hundreds will gather at the North Sound Golf Club for the 10th annual Soki Golf Tournament this year. Special Olympics Cayman Islands will hold their biggest annual fundraiser in memory of the late chair Eric Crutchley. Kim Short is the tournament's organizer. This is our 10th year of having the golf tournament and it is in memory of Eric 
Crutchley, who was a chairman of the Cayman National Bank, hence our long-standing sponsorship from Cayman National for the last 10 years. And he was a long-standing supporter and very heavily involved with Special Olympics. And his love of golf, he always wanted to have a golf tournament to raise funds, but unfortunately he passed away. So we decided to kickstart it January 2011. And so far, with the help and the support of so many community, the restaurant industry, and so many private individuals and uh, the teams that come out each year, and especially with the support of Cayman National, we have raised, I think to date, it's about $400,000. Sure says tomorrow's golf tournament will see about 34 teams at the North Sound Golf Club. Our teams, we are booked. So we have nine in the morning, which is 36 players coming out. And then in the afternoon, we have 25 teams coming. It is a bit crazy. It's yeah. lots of fun. You know, we, it, it's very well organized in a way that these guys come and they're just there to have fun. They've got great attitudes and it's a blast. You know, it's, it's a lot of work to put on, but it's so worth it. And everybody is so easygoing and so friendly. So it's uh, it's an amazing day. The all-day two-part event begins at 7.30 a.m. tomorrow. And the Intersecondary Basketball League will see just about 15 schools compete for the title. Woman of Valor basketball coach Redva Ebanks is particularly excited because he said the league will see more girls teams than boys teams this year. For me, that is a major plus and um, gives me a lot more girls to recruit from. So that, that, that is great. But in general, I think most teams kind of already know from last year. We have reformatted the whole league. Now we have everybody in zones. So we have four zones. And those zones are determined by your ranking the previous year. So it's pretty interesting. And I, I think that it gives uh, more of an opportunity for teams to compete against a variety of levels of teams to know exactly where they are come playoff time. So during the playoffs, we'll put everybody in a big table and it's all based off ranking. So it should be pretty interesting. The interprimary basketball league games are at basketball courts in various districts around Grand Cayman at 1.30 p.m. on Fridays. Games begin tomorrow. That's it for Radio Cayman's Local Sports for this evening. I'm Dion Anglin.